Hi, my name is Shirley Bilson, and I'm your host for the Revelation podcast. This podcast is about reinvention, courageous goal setting, and inclusive thinking for results. It's a mix of personal journey, reinvention stories, strategies, and exploring the critical role of what goes on between your ears, taking a conscious look at unconscious thinking. Always remember, if you jump in deep enough, you don't have time to be scared. Hello, podcast listeners. It's okay, you're safe to come in. I'm not going to rant like I did yesterday. I'm calm, I'm chilled. The sun's shining, all is good with the world, and Shirley's world anyway. And I was going to share a little bit of training because you know I like to mix it up a bit and I'm more likely to do training type stuff during the week and just kind of casual what's going on in my day stuff at the weekend on average but that's not the plan as you know and I might do a little bit of training but actually some stuff has been going on I thought ah no let's do a let's do a what's going on in my day kind of world kind of world kind of episode that is this episode is my world. You are my world. I do hope I'm not your world. Anyway, a couple of things that you may or may you may want to stop. I'm not going to rant, I, I swear, but you might. It might be a little bit unsavoury what I'm going to share with you. So, I've discovered one of the things that happens to you when you hit sixty. Oh, but hold on. Just before I tell you about this. Remember, this is about midlife reinvention, it's about starting again, it's about this is a new cycle, a new episode of life that can be fun and fulfilling and has loads of amazing challenges if you can get through and master that whole mayhem and misery and blechness of menopause anxiety. Right, so you come out the other side and at some point, whether you're in or out of menopause, you will hit 60. And here's what I've discovered in the UK anyway, certainly where I live. You receive a letter. Actually, no. Do you receive a letter? Yes, yes, you receive a letter saying that uh, you will now be taking part in bowel screening program. I thought, oh, that's nice. And so it's like they send you a warning letter. Like, you need to be aware. There's a warning letter that will arrive. You are now invited to take part like it's oh it's a gift which i suppose it is so i shouldn't dismiss this because i'm sure lots of people will owe their lives to this screening program so forgive me for my lightness i do have rather black humor though so i warn you up from <laughs> so so they send you the warning letter and then a box arrives mm. this is the box that pertains to the letter that you previously read now I'm incredibly squeamish and what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think of the word I'm looking for. Um, I'm not very grown up and brave when it comes to anything to do with physical health. And there's a number of reasons around this. I, I personally think, for me, for me, I think there's too many interventions to extend life unnecessarily. And that's my choice. I'm not saying that other people, you know, that if you have some kind of 
physically uh, diminished life that that isn't a life worth living. I'm not making a judgment call for others, just for me. I witnessed both my mother and my father. My father died when he was 76, which is pretty young these days. You know, in old age terms, we, we live way into our 90s as my mother did. However, my dad died at 76, he was a smoker. He'd convinced himself for more than a decade, in fact, probably two decades, that he wasn't a smoker, he was a pipe smoker and that didn't count, which, which we know is ridiculous, but that's what he used to claim. Uh, however, he did have some really healthy habits. He swam every single day of his life, except when he had pneumonia once, uh, or a severe asthma attack because he was an asthmatic. I know, why do asthmatics smoke? Who knows? Never smoked, couldn't tell you. Anyway, he, for the most part, lived a full life. You know, as I say, he swam every day, apart from a couple of months where he had pneumonia and obviously before I was born, who knows what he did then. But well, well I would, since he had me, that's the person I knew. He swam every day. And from the day he retired, he was very, very, very stressed in work. He was a, an anxious character in work. And whilst he was very funny and a very calm, easygoing personality, he was massively stressed. You know, I have memories of my father with his head in his hands at night and having a, a flannel to his head to try to ease that the migraine and the headaches that he was having. So, so he suffered in work, but when he retired, he was really happy. He had the happiest time ever. 11 great years where he went swimming every day, as I said, he would be in the garden, he would walk to the beach, he would enjoy the sun, he would enjoy the company of people, he would enjoy his cup of tea in local cafes and, and tea shops as they were then, now they're all coffee bars, but tea shops. Um, he had a good time and so the year he died, my mum was away a lot because there were issues with one of the grandchildren and she was supporting my brother and so he was on his own a lot. So I used to go and see him and I knew things were serious because although he was a complete hypochondriac and we always joked about his health, it was funny that when I knew it was serious because suddenly that like he wasn't behaving like a hypochondriac anymore. He was kind of downplaying and dismissing what was going on. I thought, oh no, this really is serious. So he, he got me I took him to a hospital appointment and I could tell a consultant said, you know, do you want her here? And my dad was fine. And he was trying to be very delicate. Well, he was very delicate and diplomatic, but basically reading between the lines, we're saying, you've not got long, you've got a few months. And my dad was very stoic about this to the extent that I kind of thought, oh, it can't be that bad. But I knew it was bad because he really was very calm, very chilled. So he had a few months where he had difficulty, you know, his legs would swell with edema. Don't bother with looking up. You know, I looked up all these things to try and figure out whether, anyway, leg swelling. And then, you know, he had a couple of admissions to hospital needing oxygen. Um, but for the most part, but he was at home. And for the most part, it was like a few months where his life was not as he would want it to be. But he was not entirely bed bound until, oh, I don't know, maybe the last few weeks and even then 
you know, he would still be able to get up and walk himself to the bathroom and wash himself and all that stuff. So he remained, apart from these last few months, pretty independent. My mum, on the other hand, who never smoked a day in her life, walked every day, was incredibly fit, emotionally, you know, in all kinds of ways, went dancing, played badminton, uh, you know, after my dad died, she was everywhere. She was always doing something. She was always active. She was active every day of of my my living memory, which obviously is all my life. Ridiculous comment that was. <laughs> I'm alive. Ooh, yes, so I am. Anyway, she she was always active. However, when she reached the age that my dad died, she had a stroke, which. <sighs> with hindsight, I would say partly to do medical negligence, like, oh, you're a bit old, you don't need to worry too much about you, didn't get the intervention that she needed. And from that day forward was virtually paralysed on the right hand side of her body, not completely paralysed, because she could still move, you know, she could with a stick, she could manage to move her leg, that was more like dragging than the walking anyway she she had some mobility but her right arm just never came back and and so all those things she used to do she then suddenly became dependent largely on care workers coming in she couldn't go out and play badminton clearly she couldn't go to her dance classes she couldn't go out on her day trips with all her friends she became virtually housebound unless someone came to visit her and took her out and that went on for quite a long time. And then she went into care and, you know, sat in a, an armchair. Her spirit remained strong, but long explanation of why my personal view is I don't want that for me. I will get, <laughs> it was a very long deviation. I don't want that for me. I don't want to just keep having people patch me up and you know, keep me hobbling on, limping on through life if I can't live it the way I want to live it. Now, I reserve the right to change my mind at any point. Anyway, that's where I am. So when it comes to these whole, oh God, there's a doorbell. Can you believe it? I bet, I bet that's a parcel for next door. Bear with, I'm going to pause. And back in the room. And if I puff a little bit, it's because I've run up and down the stairs. That little interruption was a delivery of some of my probiotics. In fact, my symbiotics, which is a whole other story. And we haven't got time for that. So back to where I was. So that's why I'm a little bit, I, I don't really want all these medical interventions. I don't, I don't want to spend time in hospital ever, unless it's like for an overnight two day, three day, because I have to have some operation, but then I can go. It's just a quirk and, and people could remonstrate with me, but that's the way I am. So back to the arrival of the letter, the box. The box has arrived and the box requires me. So at first I ignore it. I think, oh, no, I'm not doing that because I think they're going to send me for another colonoscopy. What is it? Endoscopy. Endoscopy, I think. So one up your, you know, up your doodah. Not up your doodah, up your rear end. <laughs> Why can't I use the words properly? Rectum, rectal examination. Anyway, I thought, no, I'm not doing that. I've done that before. Don't want to do it again. It's not horrendous, really. It's not, but oh, I just get a bit overly dramatic about these things. 
So I ignore said box, not really paying any attention to what it is. In my head, I've written a story. See how the brain works when you tell yourself a story. That this requires me to go and have it. And like, not doing it, not doing it, not doing it. In complete denial, not even looking at the box. <laughs> Eventually, I'm passing through the kitchen. So I have I have the box. I haven't thrown it, done anything with it. And I look at the box and I go, oh, I don't have to go for a scan at all. This is read the letter properly, Shirley. Read the letter. <laughs> Calm down. Park the story. Get the facts. The facts are this is a box and they want you to do a poo sample. This is what happens when you're 60. A poo sample. They want a poo sample. So I think, okay, mm, well, that's not so horrendous. But how do you do that then? So I now ignore the box for, I don't know, month, maybe longer. It's just, it's just, you know, you have that pile in your house. You must have that pile in your house where you put things usually that come in the post or you picked up a leaflet or whatever. And they're things that you think, oh, yeah, that will come in handy. Or I must look at that or whatever it is. And it goes in that pile. And we have a basket in our kitchen. And that's where those things go. So it goes in the basket for me to ignore until another letter arrives and I don't even read beyond the first sentence <laughs> because it says we recently said oh god they want me to do that box thing a poo sample because all the while I'm thinking because I haven't read the instructions right of course I haven't why would I read the instructions I think how do I do a poo sample I can't do a poo sample oh ooh, well how do I, it's gonna get it on my hands you're not supposed to ooh, ooh, I'm having noise <laughs> how do I do this I'm not really what I'm sounding like I'm going to be fretting about it. I wasn't fretting. I just couldn't be, oh no, I'm going to say, I don't know. Couldn't be bothered, really. Wasn't interested. So they send me this letter. I think, oh, for goodness sake, Shirley, get it done. So today was the day <laughs> where I read the instructions properly, opened the box, and I thought, oh, it's not too bad. Although it was a bit tricky. I'm not going to go into it was a bit tricky because they say to you, you like you have to get I thought okay if you've never done this before you might be thinking this too I thought I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing as I even said I thought I was going to have to catch a whole poo <laughs> a stool and and send it somewhere in the box. I thought, oh no, you know, I, I just couldn't imagine the kind of people that work with this stuff opening boxes of people's poo Anyway, it turns out you don't send a whole poo. You, but you do, this is the tricky bit. They say, do not let it touch the water in the toilet. So I'm thinking, how do I do that? How? Because I'm, <laughs> I don't want to be having a poo that's not on the toilet. So we're like, what, what, how? They say, get lots of toilet paper. Like, well, how do I do that? So anyway, I think, oh God, I'm going to have to do this. <laughs> I'm really squeamish. You know, like, wiping baby's bottoms is not always pleasant you might be someone that's cool with that I never was I've still like oh I'm like the holding it by the away from my body Ooh, that's me so I got all these rolls of toilet paper in my hand because I don't want to go in on my hand and I never can't go because I'm like I've changed the position haven't I and then I, I think well how, how does this work then <laughs> eventually I managed to get this tiny tiny anyway it's just a little stick that they give you and you just have to wipe it along sorry I, I did I did warn you didn't I I did warn you this was unpleasant so done job done 
stick loaded, <laughs> replaced in box, and it is all quite clean and hygienic. And there's not, you know, no one's receiving a whole big <laughs> poo in the post. Uh, it's quite sanitary, really. And you do wash your hands afterwards a lot. Um, so, so that was an unexpected episode, wasn't it? And the other thing, I was going to share something else with you. Uh, it's probably about sweeping, but really after that, who's, how do you follow a poo? Mm. I think I should end there, really. Uh, so I apologise to anyone who thinks that was just vile. I, that was too much information. Thank you. Didn't need that. Didn't want it. But hey-ho. Uh I did do a little warning, I think, a health warning at the beginning. And my little interruption for the delivery, my probiotics, symbiotics, that's all about gut health. So it is connected. It's all about gut health, which I'm really working on. And as I've said in previous episodes, really interested in and do my little experiment. That's one of my drugs that relates. Drugs. Okay. Huh? Rewind. Pharmaceutical, as in not cocaine, heroin, amphetamines kind of illegal side street drugs i mean health supplement type drugs uh the experiment that i'm doing about you know how it the interplay of the gut and the brain and i've learned quite a lot which i will share with you at some point when i'm not doing a ridiculous episode about poo samples <sighs> okay enough enough if you haven't been put off and this is your first episode they're not all like this well, no, they're not. They're not this bad in terms of crude, unnecessary, irrelevant. Oh, but it does become relevant. Your health is relevant. So not episode is, not episode, not every episode is like this one. So if it's your first time and you hate it, good luck. That, that, that's fine. But if you thought, hmm, curious, I wonder what the others are like, great. Stay with me. And if... You've been listening a while and you think oh you know i could yeah yeah she's mad but sometimes she talks some good sense then make sure you head over to the facebook page the group menopause anxiety freedom the link is in the text or you can just hang out with me on instagram and or, or even youtube if that's your thing otherwise if you're still with me i will catch you on an episode tomorrow have a brilliant rest of day and if the sun is out where you are, make sure you get a walk in it. Take care. Bye for now.